Good morning, Horizon Church. Welcome to Church at Home. I hope you're enjoying having your Sunday morning in the comfy, comfiness of your house in your jammies. I hope you had a great Christmas and you're not too tired because we have New Year's right around the corner. New Year's is uh, around the corner, which reminds me there's a couple of announcements I just wanted to make you aware of. Uh, coming up next week, January the 6th, begins our three weeks of prayer where we just take, and we have this saying that we, we talk about, it's called pray first. Before we get into our year and into the throes of all that the year means, that we'll take some time and prepare with prayer. Uh, praying for our family, praying for our city, praying for, for all the things that concern us and are also on the heart of God. And in line with that, we'll, we, we will be also begin a new series called Adulting. Uh, we don't mean that as any kind of insult. It's just a, a way to, that we want to convey that there's ancient wisdom for a modern world. There's lots of things in our world that are kind of crazy and out of order and uh, that the Word of God would speak to and bring a wisdom to us to help us in all of our life. But yes. it is kind of a weird kind of time of year, isn't it? It's so awkward. Because we're, Christmas has just finished, yep. but we haven't yet gone to the new year. So it's kind of this in-between space. And you're not usually working. You're kind of on holidays or some days are holidays. So I know I wake up in the morning and I don't even know what day of the week it is. Is it the garbage day? Is there mail? Is there mail? I don't know. Do they get, do we get mail over Christmas? Yeah, some people still get mail, but not so often. But we're, it's just kind of hard to take, keep track of time because it's not, it's almost like it's not 2019 anymore. And yet it's not 2020 and we're kind of this in-between kind of a state. And, and it's unbelievable to me that here we are uh, ready to go into the, we're just finishing the 2010s and we're heading into the 2020s. Some of you are really old. I can't even believe that. It still feels like it, 2010 is a new thing. Yeah, it's not. It's we're, not. You're, okay. yeah. you're almost 50. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, but it, the best part about it is that you get to say these really bad jokes about decades. Oh. Because you can see someone and you're like, it feels like I haven't seen you for a decade. Or we could just skip over that part completely. I think it's a good one. I haven't seen you in 10 years. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, the middle. The middle. Yeah, it's the middle. We're not 2019. We're not... 2020, we're not 2010s, we're not 2020s. And I think sometimes life can be like that. We're, we're in the middle, we're, we're not where we were, but we're also not where we want to be yet. And that yeah. can be in areas like our marriage where it's not terrible, but it's not where we want it to be. It's maybe not like in that first year where you fought every night of the week, but it's also not in a space where you want it to be or maybe other relationships that are important in your life or, or maybe your work life, is, it's come a long way, but you still see so much in front of you that you'd like to see happen and, and your relationship with your kids. And there's all these spaces and places that we've come some distance, but we feel like there's still much more to go. And we're kind of in that middle space. And, you know, maybe you might find yourself closer to the things that you wish you weren't close to. Closer to the, where you started from before you even got to the middle. Closer to where the struggle with addiction was stronger. And maybe that's something you're still battling. Or maybe you're still in the middle of those relationships that are broken and estranged. And, and it's really painful when you stop and think about you're not, the relationships aren't where you want them to be. But they're maybe a little bit closer to not being very great at all. Yeah, it's confusing at times because you, you feel like you've come some way, but then in other ways you feel like you're just starting all yeah. over again. And along with that, you can kind of, kind, there's all kinds of feelings that can come that can really start to 
put pressure on your life and pressure on your relationship and pressure on your view of the world, where you start to feel ashamed of maybe where you're at or you feel like you're failing, that you have, I should be farther along than I am right now. Or, uh, and some of that stuff, if, if it's left long enough and you focus on where you were or, or that you haven't come as far, you can begin to feel things like depression and discouragement, anxiety, frustration, sometimes even anger at why is things the way they are right now? And in and, and that space of what's, hap what's happening in my life, where am I going next? I know. What do you do when you're in the middle? Mm -hmm. When you're not there where you were, but you're definitely not where you want to be. When you're in that in-between place, what do you do? Well, we're going to pray, and then we're going to go to what is our authority to see what God says about this. Because he, he's really interested in the details of our life. And So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the people that are watching right now. We thank you for the people... Uh, that are uh, part of our lives and part of Horizon Church and maybe people who have never heard of Horizon Church but are, are watching right now uh, live here today. Lord, we ask that you give us ears to hear. Lord, help us in the spaces and places we're in where we're uh, not where we were, but we're also not where we want to be in our life in this in-between, in the middle, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to a place called the Gospel of Mark and it's, it's just one of the places in the, in the scriptures that is like an eyewitness account of, of Jesus and his life here on earth. And many scholars feel that it was written by a young man named Mark uh, based on an account that he heard from uh, the apostle Peter that was dictated to Mark. And so it's this place, and Mark is really a fast-paced, moving book. It's like uh, probably how I would write, just the highlights, uh, not all the lot of details, flowery details. And he just you know really you gets... need the details sometimes. Yes, but... uh, like we're doing right now. Um, but it's that moment where the quickest overview of Jesus' life and ministry. And so we're just going to go to chapter 6. If you found that in your Bible or if you're online right now, uh, Mark chapter 6, and some of it will might may appear on the screens at various times. But I just want to give you a bit of an overview of where, until we get to the spot where we're going to kind of land on and go in a little deeper in the middle. And this whole chapter starts with the beginning. Jesus had come home to the place he had grown up in. And instead of being accepted and received as he was, a miracle-working one, the one who brought healing and restoration to people's life, people just looked at him who he was. They saw him as a young man and said, you're just, you're just one, that guy who grew up down the street. And then they rejected him and wanted nothing to do with him. I think there's probably some of you in, the, in 2019, when you look back, you experienced that. You experienced moments of rejection, moments where people walked out on you that should have stayed with you. And then we move on in the chapter, and, and the, the disciples, uh, they had headed off on a ministry trip and where they were doing uh, as Jesus had taught them and they were seeing people healed and delivered and set free and incredible things were happening uh, and then they they came um, uh, realized I should say that Jesus had used them in a powerful way the power of heaven had and they'd seen God do some incredible things and I know some of you when you look back at 2019 you realize that God has done some incredible things for your life and, and then they move on and we see the next spot in this, the next story uh, in this narrative is where uh, the cousin of Jesus, uh, while the disciples are out doing all their incredible things, the cousin of Jesus, uh, John the Baptist, was murdered by a tyrant named King Herod. And so Jesus experienced incredible loss in that moment. And, and while his followers were doing these amazing things, he was experiencing tremendous loss. And, and I know that some of you have experienced that same kind of a thing. As you look back in 2019, moments of loss and moments where you maybe lost financially, moments where maybe you lost a family friend or, or someone that was close to you. And uh, it, it can be incredible, diff incredibly difficult. 
And you know, as Pastor Craig was talking about, I can picture this in my mind. The disciples are excited. They're coming in from a high. They've been out ministering. We don't know if this is their first experience ministering without Jesus, but they've obviously just come back from a trip. So they're coming back and they're mm -hmm. excited and they want to share yeah. with Jesus what they've just walked through, what they've experienced, the things that they saw. And uh, it says in verse 31, then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And you can imagine after serving and putting everything into serving like so many of you did for our Christmas Eve services, you finally got a moment to pull back and relax. And the next thing you know, you're surrounded by a bunch more people and it's just crazy and it's chaos. How many of you have felt those moments in 2019 where you thought, I'm finally going to get a rest? and then you're overwhelmed by some more busyness. Anyone had a crushing, busy, overstressed, mm -hmm. overtaxed 2019? No. You know, I think it's um, kind of like those people in my life that are more introverted. You're in that moment where you thought you were gonna have some time to relax, and then all of a sudden you're surrounded by people again. You know, I think the disciples um, in that moment, they probably thought, yes, I'm going to get some time with Jesus. And they get in the boat. They're thinking, this is it. No more people. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be calm. Maybe do a little bit of fishing on the way. We're just going to rest. We're just going to relax. Anyone else felt like that you could use that getaway? Or maybe you were thinking, if I could just run away, I would because it's been that busy. And the craziness of that story is that everybody heard where they were going or yeah. figured it out some I think Judas probably leaked it for some yeah, money. Yeah, introverts beware. Yeah, and off they went. And it says that when they got to the place where they were going, the people had gotten there ahead of them, ran yeah. around and got there ahead of them. And so here they were, um, thought they were going to get their break, and then more people, more things. And I don't know about you, but there are some times when you wonder if you are going to actually get that break where you just think you were, and then, then something happens, a financial uh, catastrophe happens maybe your washing machine breaks and floods your house or something breaks down it's or, never one thing at a time yeah and, or the car gets uh, the engine blows on it you forget to put the oil in it the or a relationship that gives under pressure and any one of you probably some of you right now have felt like you couldn't catch a break in 2019 and all these people now are coming they can't catch a break the people are coming and in the middle of it all they're asking to be fed and they want more from and and Jesus had, it says, had compassion on them, mm -hmm. all these people that were coming, and the disciples just simply wanted to tell them to get lost, to send them away. They said, send them away so they can find somewhere nice to eat. But I think they were just like, oh my gosh, I couldn't catch a break. Here we are. So how many of us, if we were honest, are more like those disciples? Mm -hmm. Probably with a little bit of a bad attitude as the pressure comes on. I mean, don't these people know that we've just been so busy? And then they're there. They're hungry. Yeah. They're, the pressure is on. The pressure continues. And, you know, the story goes on that the disciples have five loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And after they've gathered it up, they bring it to Jesus. And they're like, this is all we could find. But, you know, the amazing thing is, and this is a great reminder, is that what Jesus can do with the... Jesus can do so many miraculous yeah. things when we're just willing to put what we have in his hands. Yeah. And you know, as I look back on that chapter of the, the Bible, it kind of looks like a slice of maybe what my 2019 has looked like. And maybe for some yeah. of you as well, as you've been reflecting on what we've just been talking about, you're thinking, oh, this could be my story they're telling. 
But you know, there's those moments where you feel so close to God. Moments that have been great, but then there's moments of great loss along the way as well. Perhaps there's moments this last year where you just wanted to escape. You wanted to escape the pressure, but then there's those moments that you know God has moved so miraculously in your life. Moments that you look back on and you know that the reason you're here and the reason you're walking today is because God made a way for you. So that allows us to pick up the story in verse 45, that kind of where it gives us a picture of what's going on in this story. Uh, In verse 45, and I'm going to read from Mark chapter 6 here a few verses. So immediately after this, all that story that we just went through, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into their hills by himself to pray. And late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water, and he intended to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. And then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. So the disciples finally got where they were, got to leave where they were, I should say. They got to leave the pressure, maybe looking back, for them it was just a day, but for maybe you, it's been 2019. The crowds of people and moving into a new day as we look forward to moving into a new year, a new week. And the people were sent home finally. Jesus is up in a hill and he's praying and the disciples have gotten into this boat and finally they're, they're going to head back. It's maybe in the later in the evening. Uh, and they started to row across the lake. At this point of, of the lake of, of uh, the Sea of Galilee, uh, there were, it's about six or seven kilometers across, and so it shouldn't take them that long, up to 12 of them rowing, on, uh, rowing in the boat. But they were having a rough go of it. They were having some serious trouble. Yeah. You know, they were rowing as hard as they could, but they were struggling. They were straining, they were tormented, um, the winds and the waves were beating against them and they were literally getting nowhere. And you know, another translation says that the winds and the waves were contrary to them. They were opposite them, against them. No fun. Metaphorically, this Greek word actually carries the meaning of opposed as an adversary would be opposed to you. Hostile antagonistic in feeling or act. Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt that? Yep. Straining, putting everything you have into it, but all these life situations are just continually pushing against you in the middle of the night, in the middle of the lake, in the middle of a storm. You're not where you were, but you're also not where you want to be. That's right. So in the middle of the night and The text seems to indicate that it was probably around 3 in the morning. I don't know if you've ever woken up at 3 in the morning and it's it's not quite morning yet, still night, and and you're just laying there awake. I try to avoid that. Yes. But it's dark. So it's dark not only in the middle of all that, it's it's dark as well. And darkness is strange how it affects us because we stumble around in the dark because we can't see clearly. And when it's dark, you misjudge things. You kind of sometimes will make things that are not uh, really big deals. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm laying awake at night, I think of something that I have to do in the morning and I make it into this big deal because it's dark and I don't have a clear perspective on it. Some of our friends recently moved into a new place and 
and one of their, their kids is now sleeping on a different area further away from uh, where his parents were in the previous house. And uh, one of the things that they noted is that even though he likes being on the other side of the room or other side of the house, having his own space, that in the first few nights, he, when it was dark, uh, he was reacting a bit because he noticed that all the creaking and cracking of the house. Yeah. And he, that creaking and cracking happens all the day, but you don't notice it so much. But in the darkness, when it's creaking and cracking, your mind, especially if you're a young child, starts to invent all the things of what it could be, uh, you know, the boogeyman under your chair, it's under your seat or yeah. something else that it's really... And so he was... He was freaking out a little bit when his dad says, hey, it's just dark. The house is uh, expanding and contracting because it gets hot and cold. And so even though it's dark, there's, no, there's nobody in the house. We're all here and you're safe. But darkness has a way of doing that. And we've all had those times, times of personal darkness, times that, where we wonder where God is, times where we wonder what's really going on in our life and things that we start to wonder what's happening here. And we lose perspective of what's happening. The psalmist David puts it this way. They cried out to the Lord in their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bondage apart. That's what darkness represents, that distress. The darkness is living on or living in the shadows of loss. Those bonds are the things that seem to have you trapped and caught. It could be the darkness of discouragement. It could be different for everyone. Maybe it's the darkness of depression that is the bond that you've been battling recently. Or it could be the loss of someone that's gone and is never coming back. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's even the darkness of shame. You know, one of the kings in the Bible, uh, King David, he's the one that uh, was in the famous battle with Goliath. He had moments of personal darkness. And I love how real David is that I can just relate so well to the stories that are the um, the thoughts that David gives us in scripture and uh, in Psalm 6 6 he wrote this way it's a poem um, just describing what the darkness was like for him he said I am weary with my sighing every night I make my bed swim and I dissolve my couch in tears what a great word picture that is. This poetic language, when he uses it, he, ca he captures what that extended darkness could feel like. Those times where you feel unsure if morning is ever coming, if that sun is ever going to rise, if you're ever going to be able to catch your breath, both literally and figuratively. You know, for me personally, I've had those moments of darkness. I've walked those places when our youngest daughter was born, I was suffering from postpartum, and we didn't know it until after the fact. Like depression. Postpartum depression, mm -hmm. yeah. So that was a real season of darkness for me personally. Um, there was so much hopelessness. There was um, just exhaustion and fear and doubt and just so many things that were weighing me down. Um, times of financial stress. I remember times waking up in the middle of the night and I couldn't even catch my breath because I was having an anxiety attack, trying to think about how we're going to make it work and how we're going to make ends meet. And Craig pulling me aside and he's like, Shanda, just breathe with me, okay? Like, just, like he didn't even know what was going on. And you know what? Sometimes you just, you just feel like you just, there's nothing that you can do to get out of that darkness. And it's easy to forget that morning will come again. Yeah. But you know, something that I've learned in having walked through a few of these seasons is that sometimes the greatest miracles happen at the darkest moments. 
You know, sometimes when it's dark, we have to hold on to that truth that the darkness will eventually be over and light will come. Yes, it's true. You know, yeah. maybe you need to draw from personal experience where um, you've seen God move on your behalf in the past, so you're able to look ahead and you know that the light is going to come. Or maybe you haven't walked through this before, but you can have that faith begin to rise up in your spirit where you begin to grab a hold of the testimonies of other people and you begin to realize that, you know, if God did it for her, if God did it for me or God's done it for you, that he will do it for you too. You will see the light in the morning. And if all else, if you don't have any of those to rely on or pull back on, then I just pray that you would just trust the truth of scripture which is always there no matter what no matter what that you would believe that what god has spoken is not just for what was but is for you and for me in every moment of every day you know the old prophet isaiah there he has a he speaks of a promise of jesus coming um, which is what the christmas season is all about and you know this is what he said he said the people who walk in darkness will see a great light they will see a great light Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. So in darkness and seasons of seeming hopelessness, the light of Jesus comes in the middle of the night, in the middle of the lake is what they experienced. And it's it's this wonderful picture of in the middle of the lake, kind of a a physical space they've come from and they haven't gotten yet, yet got to gotten to a place that they need to get to. It reminds me of a time you will probably remember this when, had a group of young adults that I was working with or we were working with and took a 17-kilometer hike at the end of Vancouver Island in a a place called Cape Scott. You look it up. It's a wonderful hike, Uh, 17 kilometers one way. And along the way, I twisted my ankle quite severely, and so I had a stick to try and... But I would keep moving, but it was too far to go back. Literally right in the middle. Too far to go back, but also too far... Like, I had to get there. I had to finish. Plus, I'm not going to stop now. It's not the way I'm built. But <laughs> A little bit competitive. Yeah. I, I do remember as well, though, in the middle of it all, this girl, and you were, we won't mention her name, but uh, she did not want to be on this hike at all. No. Uh, she, she would have been happy to go back at the beginning. But along the way, she was, even though I had a twisted ankle and it yeah. was really sprained, we were walking. She was behind me, and she was complaining and whining and doing all that kind of stuff, young at all. And finally, I just said to her, I said, I don't know if you're aware of this, but on Vancouver Island, this has the highest concentration of cougars in the world, mountain lions. That's this Vancouver, and it's true. Vancouver Island has more uh, cougars per square kilometer than any other place in the world. Uh, and I told her this, and I said, that leads me to tell you that cougars will pick the weakest and the slowest. And so if you're you want to... You're so mean. <laughs> but if you want to wait at the back, that's fine with me, but uh, that'll save me. And then suddenly this girl who whined and complained and couldn't move anywhere uh, suddenly found some new fresh energy and she ended up finishing uh, in the top uh, half of the race. Yes, and, she did. You know, it's in the middle is hard. Uh, you're not where you were, but you're also not where you wanted to be. And But it's times like this that we want to remind you that uh, the th- some of the things that you're walking through right now are things that you prayed for. Some of us complain about the kids that we have that we once prayed for. Mm-hmm. Some of us complain about the job that we have that we once prayed that we could get so yeah. that we could provide for the things that we have today. In the middle of something gives you an opportunity to really look back and to look ahead at the same time to decide, how do I want this to end? What would it look like? 
We might be happy with where we're at right now. We might not be. We might be. We might have made some bad choices that has got us into a space that we don't know how to get out of it. We might have lost our vision and our hope for the future and just wonder where it is. But I want to, can I encourage you today, don't quit now. Yeah. If you are three days clean and that's all you've got, don't quit yeah. now. If you're in the middle of a marital crisis and you're wondering how you're going to make it through, can I tell you the greatest thing that you can do is don't quit yeah. now. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, you might have gotten a certain way out of a financial bondage where the creditors have stopped calling, but you haven't got into financial freedom yet. Don't quit now. That's right. There's still more for you. You can make it. Uh, if you, you're, There might have been some years have passed since you went through a divorce that was incredibly painful, but you haven't found your rhythm yet. You haven't found how you're going to move into what your future holds and, you, and, and what happened to you is defining your life. Can I encourage you, don't quit now. There's yeah. more for you. You might be halfway through a degree or going through college or something where you're like, I don't even know how this is all going to work out or how, it's, how, this, how does this connect with the next step of my life? And you might take uh, some time to readjust, but can I tell you that you would just determine in you that you don't quit now? You might be in the middle of a space where you just don't know how to move ahead, but don't quit now. So important in the dark. So important. In the middle of a lake. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the lake. And also in the middle of the storm. Yeah. It's one of the things that they, the disciples were also in the middle of. And you know, sometimes in a storm, you can lose hope. Mm -hmm. It's easy. You can feel abandoned. Um, it's easy to look at everything that's going wrong. We can feel afraid. We can feel overwhelmed. Um, you might even be questioning, is God real? Mm -hmm. Questioning his goodness. God, do you not see where I am? Do you not see what's going on right now? You know, we don't always know the intensity of the storm until you're actually in it. Maybe the storm you're in right now, you didn't even see it coming and it hit you by surprise. Mm. The sun might be gone and even the darkness of night is so dark that it feels like there's not even any stars to light the sky. Ever have those times? Seems like there's no light at all, let alone at the end of a tunnel. You can't see a way out. You have been in it so long that you're not sure if you'll ever get out. Sometimes we blame the devil. We say, you know what? The devil caused the storm. It's the devil's fault. He did this. It's true. And sometimes, you know what? That might be true. But sometimes we just made poor decisions ourselves. <laughs> I could have a long list of those for myself. And you know, maybe it's a storm because, hey, we just had Christmas. Maybe you spent too much money or more money than you planned on spending. And all of a sudden you find yourself in a financial crisis. Or maybe you lost your job because reasons of your own that you were always late or you talked back to the boss or you had a bad attitude or procrastinated on getting that project done or maybe you've had a terrible breakup and it was because you didn't listen to the advice of your parents or godly people that you had that were trying to speak into your life but you know sometimes it's easier to believe that God will get you out of it if he allowed you into it and it's more difficult that when you got it into it yourself. Sometimes it's harder to believe that it's, yeah. that um, if you got yourself into it, well, it's gonna be way harder. And often on top of that, we begin to feel ashamed. And we start to believe that we actually deserve the storm that we're in right now. And that God's abandoned us to the storm. And that we're gonna have to figure it out ourselves. But you, do you know what? I wanna tell you today, that is simply not true. You don't have to figure your own way out of it. So even if you got yourself in a mess, yeah, by your own, stupidity and I put my hand up I've done that before 
that God doesn't say, well, He's you figure so it out. Gracious. He that's still right. comes alongside us, yeah. and that's a wonderful thing about it. But then there's also the storms that come because of somebody else. And those are the ones that are probably among the most difficult because they represent pain. The pain of someone who should have been there for you, who abandoned you. The pain of someone who abused you, who should have cared for you. Uh, maybe someone who is a business partner with you, who defrauded you out of your business. Uh, uh, trust me. There's so many ways that people can hurt us and bring pain and bring a storm into our life that, that we don't have a control over. And, and we've been through those storms many different times. Storms of our own making, storms that because of what other people did to our to us, and just storms of life because uh, there's things life that happens. happens. Uh, the economy goes sideways, or a company closes, or whatever. We just don't know. They just do happen from time to time. But the important thing is, wherever you're at in the middle, if you're in the middle of the dark, the middle of the night, if you're in the middle of the lake. If you're in the middle of a storm, what do you do? And that's the part where we're going to end with tonight, uh, tonight this morning, uh, that what do you do when you're in the middle, in the middle of that mess? What do we do? You know, in Galatians, it talks about being in that in-between place. It says, and don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened mm -hmm. in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. And you know, this verse has the challenge of being super intentional with our thinking and how we handle the weariness and the discouragement in that storm season. You know, the writer says, don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened. Did you know that you have a choice in that? That you have a choice if you're gonna allow the storm to overwhelm you you know, it's so often that battle that we battle in our mind. But God says, don't allow ourselves to be overwhelmed or be weary or disheartened. Because it, can, it continues on and it says, you plant a seed. You do your part. Yeah. And eventually, if you've planted the seed, you will see a harvest of that seed. But what do you, when you're in the middle... You might be watching, you're watering, you're waiting. If it's me, I've probably already killed the plant, so might not get much of a harvest from mine, but that's you know another story. But you trust that God in his fruitfulness, yeah. in his time, in his time, not my time, not when I think it's best, but in his time, there will be a season of harvest. So you might be in that season of waiting right now, but I want to encourage you, don't quit. When you're in the middle, don't quit. If you keep going in the right direction, you will reach yes, the will. place that you're actually heading yes, for. Yes, yes. If you need to take a course correction, you can do it at any time. Someone has said, no matter how long you travel in the wrong direction, you can always turn around. That's so good. At any moment, you can stop and turn around and start going the way you need to be going. It's a beautiful picture, too, because it really gives hope to anybody uh, that as I begin to sow, as I begin to do what I know to do, that God can bring an increase, a season of harvest. So if you spend a lot of time of season of planting and planting and planting, just hang on. God's going to bring a season of harvest for you, a season of increase, a season of, of, of uh, doing what you could not do in yourself. And, and he's going to uh, breathe life into areas that maybe that seemed really, really defeated in the last little while. But even in, in the middle of all of that, sometimes we have to deal with some of our stuff to mm -hmm. kind of weed our garden, if you yeah. will, to deal with your past. If your past is affecting your present, can, can I just encourage you that 
in 2019, as you've had maybe some things, and maybe even longer than that, that have been invading your present, things that happened maybe many, many years ago, deal with your past. Yeah. Deal with your past. Forgive what needs to be forgiven. Uh, you know, Elsa says, let it go. Let but it go. even more than that, Jesus says, forgive others. That's right. You know, and sometimes it might also mean that you release forgiveness, uh, but sometimes you have to ask for forgiveness and own what you've done and, and do your part in reconciliation. Wouldn't it look great in 2020 that maybe you ask for forgiveness or, or uh, ask others to forgive you or you receive forgiveness or, or you joined a support group to let go of your past or you uh, found a, a counselor to process the pain of your past so that you can really walk forward in freedom in 2020 or maybe you go to a doctor, whatever it would be. You pray with your pastor. You get involved in a group. Do something anything to deal with the storms of your past that are still invading your mm -hmm. present so that you can begin to believe God in 2020 yes. for a new and a bright future, mm -hmm. that anything is possible for you, anything is possible for me when we begin to deal with our past. Yeah. You might not have planted anything good in the past, but you can start right. today. You can start today because someone has said, when is the best time to plant that beautiful oak that we see on many of the streets in Vancouver and some of the streets in Surrey? The best time was 25 years ago. The next best time is today. Yeah. How do you get through the middle? Well, because of Jesus, the beautiful thing is your history does not have to determine your destiny. Right. Where you started your journey does not have to determine where you end up in your journey. Let me tell you, though, that when you know Jesus... The process, uh, you will process storms way differently than you might have without him. I, I look in the rest of the story where Jesus saw them. It says, he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And I want to talk to some of us today that are rowing hard, that are struggling and are looking forward. How am I going to make, make it forward? It's not in you by your own strength. Know mm -hmm. this, that he sees you wherever you're at, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the storm. He sees you. He knows you. He's walking with you. Uh, you. You might look at 2020. I want you to begin to believe that Jesus sees you and that you can walk forward in hope. You can walk forward with a great anticipation that this could be the best year yet for you because Jesus is seeing you where you're at. He's seeing you what you're walking through. Um, no matter, he's not, a, he's not intimidated by our mess. He's not intimidated by the, the storm that we got ourselves into. He, in fact, in the middle of it all, when we've blown it in every area, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came toward us while we were in the middle. It gives me such hope that he sees me. And not only that, he didn't just see them and say, hey, I hope it works out for you. He then says he came towards them. I love that. I love that picture of Jesus coming towards them in the midst of the storm. But you know, when you look at it personally for yourselves, sometimes that can be super intimidating. I know for me, when I'm struggling, I'm the hardest on myself, and I don't often want people to see me struggling. I don't want people to see the storm that I'm working through. I'd rather do it privately by myself. And sometimes we all can be like that, and we actually withdraw, and we don't even invite Jesus in mm -hmm. to the midst of our storm, but he's there. Jesus came towards them. And you know, he's moving towards you all the time. And I want you to really let this sink into your heart today, that he's moving towards you. He's not abandoned you. He's never left right. you. He's never taken right. his eyes off you. And yeah. Christmas is, it's not meant to be really just that one time a year celebration where we all put on our smiles and pretend things are great. But it's actually a reminder of the truth mm -hmm. that God came in the flesh, that 
he came as a baby so that he could set us free to be who he had always created us to be so that he would come towards us. He, he saw you, he's coming towards you, and he's speaking to you. That's what Jesus did. He said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. If you're feeling discouraged today, take courage, I am here, Jesus says. If you're feeling overwhelmed, take courage, I am here, I am with you. Don't be afraid. Take courage. He's with you. As you, what you've gone through and what you're heading into, he's with you. And not only did Jesus come towards them, but then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. Invite Jesus into your boat. It would be so great today if you were willing to invite Jesus into the midst of your storm, in the, into yeah. your life, into the midst of your story, no matter how messy it might be right now, because I know that right. he can calm you in the middle of the storm, or he can also calm the storm while you're in the middle of it. He's with you. He's with you in the middle of the night, in the middle of the lake, and in the middle of the storm. We can trust him. We can trust him. Romans 8, 28, where Paul, the, one of the writers of the New Testament, wrote to a church and he said, God causes all things to work together for your good uh, to them that love God. He causes all things to work together. The things that I've done, the things that have been done to me, the things that I've, are just going on around me, that God can cause all of that to come together and work together for my good. So what that does is it allows me to begin to look forward with hope and with future, mm -hmm. that no matter what's happened to me, that as I bring it to Jesus, as I invite him into the boat of my life, uh, whether for the very first time or I need to, again, invite him in and say, God, take your place in my life, because he is the one who can bring order out of chaos. That's right. He is the one who can bring healing out of one. areas that are just absolutely broken today. He's the one that can help us to say, yes, I had a good year, but there's more for me. No matter where I'm at, God's got more for my life. And my best days are yet yes. to come. And I don't mean that in some trite way. No. I mean that because it's I've true. had to live that. Yeah. I've experienced Jesus walking with me when I've lost a job and I didn't know how I was going to feed my family. I've experienced that when Shanda is walking through difficulties and times of depression at various times, which she referred to earlier, where we've experienced God with us and Jesus coming alongside us. And we could tell story after story. And I know many of you would have those same stories of where Jesus just came into your life in a powerful way and everything began to shift. But that scripture that I just said, Romans 8 and 28, allows us to grab a hold of 2020 with faith and anticipation. I might be in the middle of it right now, but God's making a way. I might be in the middle of some painful and some stories that are going on, and I know some of you are, but let faith land in your yeah. heart that he who began yes. a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He sees you. He's coming towards you. Yes. His word is speaking to you. Take courage. I'm with you. And then let him come into your life in yeah. a powerful, powerful way. And can I encourage you, don't mistake what you're going through with where you're going to. That's right. Uh, we begin to see that no matter what the cause of the storm, that God's with us. He has not abandoned you. He is with you. He has not forgotten you. He's with you. He sees you. He's with you. He loves you. He's for you. And some of us I know maybe that are listening today, wherever you're at, have maybe never have, as it were, to use the analogy, invited Jesus into the boat, have never uh, surrendered your life to Jesus and said, God, I'm a sinner. I need to repent of my sin and give you the leadership of my life, give you the leadership of my boat, as it were. Mm -hmm. Because when Jesus came into their boat, yeah. into their life, everything began to change. Yeah. 
Sometimes Jesus will calm you in the storm. And sometimes he will calm the storm around you. But whatever it is, when we invite Jesus into the boat, everything begins to change. It begins a journey to take me from where I was to where he's always called me and intended me to be. It gives me such hope knowing that God is for me, that no matter what I'm going through, he's for me. Uh, and, you know, there's, to be very, very clear, if you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, I'm just going to say seven little words, and these seven little words uh, you can repeat in your, own, in your own way from the heart. And it says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Just those little words that will remind us that I need your mercy, God. I need your forgiveness of my sin. I'm a sinner, and I need you. And in your own words, if, if you're praying that from your heart and you're inviting Jesus I, uh, into your, the boat of your life, I absolutely believe that your 2020 will look different, yes. that, God, that Jesus will come and begin to help you process through and begin to move you forward in your life and, and uh, help you to become what God's called you to be. But some people I know maybe right now are making Jesus the leader of their life right now. Uh, but then there's also others that, you know, I know they walk with Jesus, but they still experience some storm. And, you know, just as we close, as we were preparing for this message and thinking about in the middle and in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the night and in the middle of the storm, I had this picture and I felt like the Lord was saying um, for all of us, and I think there's, there's specifically a few of you out there today that as you've been hearing this message, that God's been stirring something in your heart and in your spirit. And I had this picture of us being out in that boat in the middle of the lake. And, you know, being in the middle, it's probably one of the deepest points of the lake. And it's, it's a great place to begin to let go of some things that may have defined or marked your 2019. So I actually want to take a few minutes and I'm just going to pray for you. And I really believe, I felt what the Lord said is that um, as you find yourself in the middle, but you invite Jesus into the boat with you, there's going to be a significant shift that you're going to encounter. It's so great when we look forward to a new decade and, and what God might have for you. And I really believe, as Pastor Craig said, the best days for you are yet to come. Yeah. You have yet to walk into all God has for you. And I just believed that as I saw us in the middle of the, in the lake, in the middle of the boat, in the middle of the night, we just began to let go of some things over the side and something shifted in our hearts. And then as God got into the boat and began to move us forward, we just began to pick yeah. up some of the things that we needed and I believe that God is going to define your 2020 and it is going to be different and better than your 2019. And if you are in the middle right now and you allow him to shift something in you, to shift your perspective, to shift that faith, God is going to do something powerful in yeah. you. So if you would join with me right now and just close your eyes, I'm just going to begin to pray. I just felt like to pray this as a declaration and whether I mentioned something that maybe you've struggled with in 2019 or not, I'm just believing that you can fill in the blank. You can speak it out. As I'm praying, you can say, Lord, thank you that I'm leaving this in 2019. And I'm just going to begin to thank him for what he's, uh, what I believe he wants us to pick up and to step into for 2020. So let's just pray. Okay. Father, I just thank you for 2019. I yes. thank you for the highs. I thank you for the lows. Yes. I thank you for the in-between. I thank you for the middle moments. And Father, for every one of us that still finds us in that place to whatever degree we might be of being in the middle. Mm. 
Lord, I thank you that as you showed me this picture of us in the middle of the lake, Lord, that we have the opportunity to let go of so many things. Lord, as we invite you into the boat with us, Father, I thank you that we can let go of fear. We can let go of shame and anxiety. Father, we can let go of loneliness and brokenness. We can let go of pride. We can let go of hurt. We can let go of anger. Father, that even right now as I'm speaking, Lord, that we would just begin to let go of those weights and those worries and those things that have caused our 2019 to maybe not be all that we've desired it to be. Lord, we just release them to you right now. We choose to invite you in. We choose to release to you those things. Lord, would you come and would you shift in our heart right now? Lord, would you take our eyes off of those things that have held us back, that have gripped us and have bound us, that have been the bind that has held us, Lord, in this last season, and we choose to let it go to you right now. And Father, I thank you that right now you are shifting things for us, that you are shifting things in our heart. God, I thank you that in 2020, where there was difficulties and there was shame, that Lord, that there would just be a new faith that would rise. Father, I thank you that peace is coming upon everyone right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that faith would begin to stir and come alive, that hope and peace and love and joy and strength and confidence and boldness would just fall upon us right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would just come alive in our hearts, that you would move on us, that you would lift the blinders off of our eyes. Lord, where we've been blinded to see you, Father, that that would be removed right now in Jesus' name we would begin to see with a perspective of heaven. We would begin to see things as you see them, Lord God. We would begin to look ahead to 2020, to this new decade, to this new chapter with a hope and a faith and just a boldness and a confidence knowing who we are, who you've called us to be. God, that you are with us in the midst of it all and that you will see us faithfully to the other side. God, I thank you that you are at work even when we don't see it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Horizon family. Just one more thing. Just as we close, Shanda talked about things letting go of and things picking up. Can I encourage you just maybe today, maybe with the people that you're in the room with, just take a moment and say, here's something I'm letting go of. Maybe it's one thing, maybe it's two things. And then maybe even ask God, what is the word that you want to define my 2020? Maybe it's boldness. I heard boldness. Yeah. Maybe it's faith. Maybe it's hope. reconciliation. Maybe it's, it's hope. Courage. And just ask God to give you a word that you'll begin to pray over your yeah. 2020 and that you'll just all through this year, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, that you begin to pray and declare that over your 2020, yeah. believing that God is going to do what is impossible for That's you. Right. He's going to come alongside you and help you through whatever you're facing this year. It's going to be great. Uh, next week, we're going to be on at uh, 10.30 on a regular campus. Uh, maybe we'll have another campus of this. There's going to be some exciting things that are going to happen in 2020 that God's already marked out for us. Um, great new series starting next uh, next week. I hope you'll be there. I uh, hope this was a great time for you. If not, you can just delete it, I guess, anyway. Right? Thank you so much, Horizon family, for being with That's us. Me. God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs>